Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Uh, Pastor James, we're going to start in St. John. And John 1 1 is my favorite verse, so I'm all set to go, you know, on that one. So, welcome to the program, Pastor James. Well, thank you, Dorothy. I'm glad to be on here again. I thank the Lord that I'm still here. They say because you you never know time you think you're gonna plan something for tomorrow and you're not even here for tomorrow. So I appreciate every minute, every second, everything that God gives me. As I said, what we were talking about earlier about how how Satan is attacking the family, but as I say, we're getting ready to get more powerful too, so we can attack back according to the Book of Daniel, where it says that. Uh, in the end times, that we'll do great exploits. You know, the wicked will get wicked air because they're praying for families to break up. They're praying for people to be sick. And uh, a lot of people don't want to believe that. That's all. No, that's, uh, that, that's a conspiracy theory. No, these people really practice that stuff because they want us defeated. They want us to quit. But those that know their God, going to keep on we won't quit we'll 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 fight until the war is over and the war ain't over until you go home well right now as i said we're going to start off with the the gospel according to john and as you said it's one of your favorite and so it's one of mine because there's four beginnings in the bible and those four beginnings are genesis 1 1 mark 1 1 uh, John 1 1 and Revelation 1 1, where it's the revealing. So, as the more we start to look at God's word, we got to find, I uh, have a part to start at. And so, being at this in the beginning is where we'll start. And it starts off as this wise it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. That's a lot to learn just in those six verses. So what we got to do is a starting point. And what starting point is, it says, in the beginning, uh, in the Hebrew, it is called Birashi, which means the beginning of all things. And it says it was the word. What was the word? A lot of times we, you know, we just, oh, it means Jesus. That's the word. But actually, when it was, when it was being written, it was talking to some about the Hebrew alphabet. Now, if you got the King James Version, and then we're not going over there right now. But if you had the King James Version, if you'll turn to Psalms 119, you'll see there are 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Those 22 letters is what God used to frame the whole universe. Nothing was made without the Hebrew alphabet. That is the very first language that ever was taught. And there was so much power in that day about the Hebrew alphabet. That's why it says when they were building the uh, tower in Babel, 
that they said that they were all on one accord and one language. And that language was the Hebrew alphabet. That's why they were able to fulfill things and get things built. And God said, he's talking to uh, his son. He said, listen, if I don't go down there and stop them now, they would be able to do anything they put their mind through. So what did he go do? He confused their language. In other words, he took the power that was in that the language and confused the people. That's why we call it Babel. And if you notice, uh, the Hebrew alphabet almost went out of existence at one time, and it's just now coming back. People are starting to learn Hebrew again. But that's what it means when it says, the word was with God, and that's the Hebrew alphabet, and the word was God. The Hebrew alphabet was the word. Jesus referred to that when he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Well, in uh, Greek, that's Aleph. I mean, that's uh, uh, when it says Alpha and Omega, that's Greek. But in uh, Hebrew, it's called Aleph Tau, which is, I told you, Psalms 119. Let's keep on reading. It says, <clears throat> The same was in the beginning with God. In other words, God didn't do nothing without the Hebrew alphabet. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything that was made. What it was, the Hebrew alphabet is the beginning of basic. The reason I'm teaching you all this, because you're going to need this for the time that's coming up now. The Hebrew alphabet has a frequency, it has a sound, and it has a vibration. And that's how everything is made. Your chair, your body, everything is vibrating. Everything has a sound to it. Everything has a frequency to it. And that's how God created anything. So a lot of times when you get ready to pray for people, if you would understand, hey, I'm not just saying words, but I'm speaking things that need to be done. In other words, I'm calling things into existence that may not be happening right now. So there's a, a person with cancer. You want to pray. You don't just say, Lord, uh, if it be your will to heal this person of the cancer. But no, you speak to the cancer. And you command that cancer. And as your voice goes out, the frequency goes out. God, and you got to remember, never take God out of the, the equation. You speak into those things and God a lot of times will honor you and give you the miracle that you're asking for. Now, as I say, never take God out of the equation because there's some things that we're scheduled to go through. And a lot of people don't want to believe that. No, God would never have us to go in things. Yes. Even uh, Job said, we are born into this world, into trouble. That's what makes us strong. If you notice the egg, a chicken egg, when they're hatched, the chicken starts taking that eggshell off. And if you help take that eggshell off, the chicken will die. But if you let that chicken keep pecking, it gets him stronger and stronger and stronger. And yes, we go through problems where people die, bad things happen to people. But you got to remember, nothing really ever dies if you're in the Lord. We, When we leave here, we go into 
<clears throat> to glory. It goes from faith to faith, to glory to glory. So that's why if we understand that everything is created by the word, if we will do what the word says, if we'll humble ourselves and submit ourselves unto the word or unto God, and if we will study to show ourselves approved, if we do all these things, it will change your life. It will change your reality. Yes, you may not get everything that you pray for, because sometimes it's not time for you to have that. But God will, I'm telling you, God will in the end take care of everything. Just like people, uh, I get people calling me quite a bit, you know, somebody did me wrong. and I want to pray how to get, no, you don't want to go get vengeance. God said, I'm the one who, who does the vengeance. I was the one that's going to repay. So our job is to learn how to live at peace if, and it's a big word, if possible. This is why the more we study the word, the more we become like the word. And Jesus' father said he wants us to be in the image and likeness of his dear son. So in other words, he wants us to speak, prophesy. That's what this is the year uh, in Judaism is 5780. And 8-0 is the word for, uh, for speaking. That's the Hebrew letter for speaking. And we're supposed to prophesy. See, there's a time and a season for everything. And this is it. Brothers and sisters, you want things to change your life? Learn to speak positive things. If things are going negative, learn to change it and speak on the positive level. Well, that sounds like new age teaching. Listen, the devil always imitates God. God started it first. So let's get into the word and do what the word says. Now let's look at the rest of this here. It says the sixth verse. Well, let's get to that, that fifth verse first. It says, and the light shined into darkness. You've got to understand with Hebrew words, it can be 10 different words. And one of the words for light, it means understanding. So look, listen as I change it. It says, and the understanding shine into darkness. Darkness means uh, confusion. And confusion comprehended it not. In other words, either you have knowledge or you don't have knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. The more knowledge you have about how the word is and that stop being so earthly minded that you fail to understand we're in a spiritual atmosphere. The spiritual realm is more real than the natural realm. But if we don't understand it or we won't study it, then it won't work for us. And it works for the ones that these demons and everything else that's hiding in the shadows to destroy you. Then it says, now here's, if you notice, we, we read that. Now we're getting ready to read about a time that was changed. There's, and this is starting at the sixth verse. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light or the understanding that all men through him might believe. We're talking about John the Baptist. He was sent from God at a certain time. He could have came seven years earlier, seven years later, but he wouldn't have been on time for what God wanted. So he was, there. as I told you, there's a time and a season for everything. And he said on the eighth verse, it says, he was not the light, he was not the understanding, but he was sent to bear witness 
of that light or the understanding. That was the true understanding, which lighteth every man or understanding every man that cometh into the world. So God has knowledge of everything that's being done. There is nobody born in this world that God doesn't know about. Everything. What about the Nephilims and all that? Listen, it didn't surprise God. He tries to wait because he's long-suffering that we will turn from our wicked ways, even the angels. He tries to wait till they will do what's right before he condemns them. But he already knows what's getting ready to happen. And it says, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. In other words, the physical world, not the spiritual realm. He came into his own, and his own received him not. Talked about going into Judaism because Jesus was born a Jew. But as many as received him, to them gave the he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The word name means authority. So in other words, as we believe the word, which is Jesus, which is the Hebrew alphabet, this is the truth about how it operates, then he gives us power. Only after the Holy Ghost come upon you, you will have power to where you can speak things into existence. To give you an example, a lot of times I lose things, but in the Bible it says there is nothing that's hid that's hid from the Lord. Anytime I can't find something, I say that verse, and within about less than five minutes, I find what I'm looking for. And I might have been looking there for a week or months at a time. But as soon as I say that, I remember to say it, then all of a sudden I find what I'm looking for because I'm speaking with authority. I'm speaking with power. I'm speaking with a, another being, being in me called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the most powerful being on this earth. Everything is under his feet, and he's, he's uh, the helper of Jesus. So that means he's God, too. So there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So we have power if we understand uh, what we're doing and how, the, how do we keep on going. The reason we're defeated most times is because we've, we've been taught by the world if it, this is the reality, if, if you don't work in this reality, reality, nothing. Change the reality. Speak it as it's going to happen. Speak it as it did happen. Speak it as what God says it is. If God is not the most powerful being, why are we serving him? So that's what I'm trying to say. We're serving the most high God. And this is why as we learn and really put this in practice, then we become not a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. And then it says like this. It says, well, let's get to that 12th again. But as many as received him, understood him, had knowledge of him, to them gave he. He's the one that got to give us power to become the sons of God. The scripture says, and the, the whole world is groaning waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. We are the ones that's being made ready. These are the last days. Don't be scared to serve God. Let people know that you are a son or a daughter of God, even to them that believed on his name, which was born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, 
but of God or of the word. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory and the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. In other words, here it is a chance to understand how this, this spiritual realm operates. Jesus came to let us know, to give us knowledge on how to survive because the devil was whooping us. He was beating us down. But now, thank God for God's mercy and thank God for God's truth and thank God for God's grace that we have understanding. We have somebody who's leading us, guiding us. The Holy Spirit talks to us and to all truth. He may not uh, have you do everything, but he will teach you so that you'll start to come off the milk and go on to the meat. Here it is, the 15th verse. It says, John bare witness of him, and crying said, This is he of whom I spoke. He that comes after me is preferred or greater than me, for he was before me. And this is his fullness, and of his fullness have we all receive grace for grace for the law came by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ now the reason it says see when you listening to me I, I teach a lot of Bible uh, understanding when it says Jesus Christ that's mean we're talking about the things in the uh, earth realm versus going to Christ which is in the heavenly realm that's why sometimes you'll see it in the Bible uh, Jesus Christ, sometimes you might see Christ Jesus, like one of the scriptures, uh, Philippians 4 and 19, it says, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That means the answer is coming down. Our prayer don't want up, the answer is coming down. And then you got to hold on until you see what God is doing. It says, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which was in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. I'm not the answer. And, he, and they asked him, what then? Art thou Elijah? Or, and he said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? Now, if you, to find out who was that, art thou that prophet, it's talking about uh, back in the Old Testament when Moses was getting ready to die. He said there would be one like him that would come along, and that's where they got that prophet, okay? And he answered, no. Then said they unto him, who art thou that we may give an answer? To them that asked us, what sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as says the prophet Elijah. Eliza, that's in Isaiah, uh, Isaiah rather, the 40th and the third verse. So in other words, everything in this world is made by prophecy. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. Prophesy. Your, your realities have to change by you speaking and believing it. You can't just speak it. You've got to believe it. When you do, 
uh, I don't know who all does this, but when you do deliverance, exorcism, you can't go to the devil and say, Mr. Devil, will you please leave me alone? Will you leave my family alone? No. You got to do it the way the Lord does it. He commands. And you let him know, how have I got the power to command? Because greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Jesus lives in the believer. Jesus gives power to those that believe him. He gives us legal right to destroy the kingdom of darkness because Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And we're supposed to be made in his image and his likeness. So we are here to do the same thing. Yes, you're going to get knocked down. Yes, you're going to get defeated. If Jesus got nailed to the cross, if Jesus got slapped, if Jesus tried, they tried to throw him off the, uh, off the uh, mountain, what do you think they're going to do to you? This is not our home. We're pilgrims passing through here. And because we are pilgrims passing through here, we got a lot of uh, fight to do. But it's not for the weak. It's not for the uh, timid. That's why it says in the book of Revelation that all those that are timid will have their part in the lake of fire too. God wants people who are strong, who's willing to fight and not afraid. But afraid people, all they're going to do is get you hurt. All right, let's keep going here. Then it says in uh, the 24th verse, and when they were sent, uh, and they which were sent, were of the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they believe in angels. They believe in uh, resurrection. They also believe in a lot of times that most people overlook, but they believe in uh, reincarnation. And I don't mean you're going to come back as a butterfly or a mule or something like that. They believe that uh, spirits can be sent from heaven, like Elijah, uh, Elijah, uh Israel, anything is possible with God, which it is. With God, all things are possible. All right? Then it says, and they asked him and said unto him, why baptize thou then? If you're not the Christ, you're not the anointed one, nor Elijah, or neither that prophet, John answers and said, now this is John the Baptist speaking, not John, the one who wrote the book called the Revelator. I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom you know not. He is it that comes after me, is preferred before me, whose shoes last is I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in that 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 Ara beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. And the next day John seen Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. What is the sin? The same thing it's always been. There's only one sin, and that is rebellion. Now, all these other parts come off of the rebellion, but the sin is we rebelled against God. So we have to go through a test to show God that we're sorry for what we did by tra- re- uh, rebelling against God, and we did it all of us was in Adam and Eve. It was just like a cell. And you're saying, well, how did that work? I don't have to know how it works. I just know that we're going through the test because of that. And as we as we repent, we 
repent from the sin of rebellion. God calls witchcraft the same thing as rebellion. Then it says, 30, it says, this is he whom, uh, whom I said, after he cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. I knew him not, but that he may be manifested to Israel. There, therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bared record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and aboding upon him. Remember, I told you the word spirit can be 10 different things. It can be a being named spirit or what we call the Holy Spirit, or it can be a word for the understanding. That's why uh, back in Isaiah, you'll look at and you'll find that that Jesus had uh, seven different anointings on him. And one of them was to be able to understand what the word says. Jesus had to come down here and learn the word just like we did. So it wasn't that Jesus was born and he already knew how to operate in the spirit. He had to learn just like we did. And that's why, you know, we have nothing to say except to obey God and do what he says. It says, uh, the 33rd, it says, and I knew him not, but he was sent, uh, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is which baptized with the Holy Ghost. One of the days I'll teach the difference between the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. And it says, and I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. At, again, the next day after John stood, two of his disciples, looking upon Jesus as he was walking, said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak and followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, what seeketh you? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is the state of being interpreted as master, where dwellest thou? Now that word dwelleth is a Hebrew letter, which means where do you live? Where do you reside? Where do you operate? It's the second letter of the Hebrew letter, which is Aleph Beth. Beth means house or dwelling place. But it can also mean a lot of other things because God hides things. And it's your job to search it out to find out what is he hiding so that he can reward you. He wants to reward you. He wants you to find the answers. All right? He said unto them, come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and aboded with him that day. For it was about the tenth hour. And one of the two which heard John speak followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. All right. He was first, uh, he, he first found his own brother, Simon, and said in him, we have found the Messiah, the Christ, the one that God said is going to send here to help us, which is being interpreted, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas which is by interpretation of stone. As I try to tell you, God has things, and a lot of times, if, when you walk with the Lord, your name can be changed. In other words, he prophesied by telling, uh, giving you a new name, like Paul went to Saul, um, Israel, Jacob went to Israel, 
It, it states your destiny. So that's why I say prophesy, speak, make the sound. Don't just think it in your mind. I hear people all saying, well, God knows my thoughts. He knows my heart. But he said, speak, ask, seek, and not speak. I'm telling you how this thing operates. You can change things in your life by not falling to what the world tells you. Well, just private prayer, quiet prayer, God will know. No, speak it out. Speak it out like you've got confidence in what you're saying. The following day, uh, the 43rd, the following, that day following Jesus would go into Galilee and find him Philip and said unto him, follow me. Now, Philip was of Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathaniel and said unto him, we have found of him whom Moses, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, why did they say the son of Joseph? Because they thought he was a normal human being. They did not realize that he was born of a supernatural uh, phenomena. Even though they had heard about that, that all those kids born during that time got killed, but he was one who did not get killed, and that he was the word of God. All right? And Nathaniel said unto him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Phil, Philip said unto him, Come and see. Now, Moses, if you've been looking at this, it's a lot of come and see, come and see, come and see, and see if the Lord is good. The word is all through the Bible. The Bible is all through the word. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the, ap the application of how things are made. He teaches us the same thing. Learn to speak it. Come and see. Don't just be a listener, but be a doer. It will change you. It will change you. Then it says, and Jesus saw Nathaniel and said unto him, the 47th verse, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guile or no trickery or no dishonesty. Nathaniel said unto him, What knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before thou, before Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Now there's a hidden mystery right there when it says the fig tree. Now was he talking about a natural fig? Yes, he was. But what else is he talking about? Being in the nation of Israel. Israel is referred to as a fig tree. It's also referred to as one who raffles with God. So in other words, you're not going to get something just easily picked off the tree. You're going to have to kind of tussle for your, your blessings. You've got to raffle for your blessings. And if you're a raffle for, God will be proud. He'll be patting you on the back. Go ahead, son. Go ahead, daughter. You can do this. Speak the word. Speak the word. What happens if I get knocked down? Believe the word and hold on. Hold on. You might have to go through some things. But in the end, you will be blessed. Look at Job. That's why I said everything is in the Bible. We just have, just have to spend time studying. And, and it says, the 49, Nathaniel answered and said unto him, Rabbi or master, thou art the son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. What does Israel mean? One who wrestles, wrestles with God. And, God, and Jesus answered and said unto him, because I said unto you, I saw thee under the fig tree, 
believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, henceforth you shall see heaven open. Now pay attention. Here's, another, here's some more. It's being hidden, but it's being revealed if you understand it. He said, Verily, verily, truly, truly, or I say unto you, wherefore you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Well, if you go back in the Old Testament, you'll find out that uh, Jacob had uh, made a pillow for him to lay down and rest. And all of a sudden, he looked up and he saw this ladder and he saw the angels was ascending. That means they were going up and descending. They were coming down. And that's how the kingdom of, of God operates. As we speak, our words go up and God sends the message back down. Now, sometimes it, they, it gets into a warfare as these messages are trying to come back down to you. Look at the book of Daniel. What happened there? Daniel prayed for 21 days for the answer that, that he was seeking. He was reading uh, the books about prophecy. Everything is all about prophecy. And the answer wasn't coming. But what happened was Michael, the archangel, saw that Gabriel wasn't able to get through, and he came down and got into the fight. And as he was fighting with the prince of Persia, uh, uh, Gabriel was able to get away and talk to Daniel and told him, he said, from the first day you started to get yourself ready, God heard your prayer and was answering it. But I was in a battle with the prince of Persia, and he had told him the whole story. So sometimes just because you don't get something right away doesn't mean anything. There's a war going on here. The war ain't over yet. And we're supposed to be made champions as we fight through. And you remember what that scripture said? It says, and the angels of God ascending. That means they went up first and descending, bringing the answer back upon the son of man. Well, who is the son of man? The word of God. And if the word of God is in you, who are the sons of of, of God. We are. But we got to use the word. Oh, Dorothy, do you have anything to say? Or anybody out there like to make a comment? All you have to do is push uh one on your telephone and then let us know that you're on that you want to speak on the air. Yeah, I don't see anybody with their hands up. Sorry, I had my I was reading my Bible and trying to run the studio at the same time. It just I know. <laughs> sometimes when you click on that open mic button, it just doesn't open right away. Um, uh-huh. One thing I was struck with, because it's been a while since I've read through John. Okay. Is how quickly they identified him as the Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh, someone just put their hand up. Let me see if I can open their mic any faster than I open mine. <laughs> Erica nine one three, your mic is open. Yes, I have a question. Um, I was listening to a, a gentleman today on the radio, and I wanted your opinion on uh, is speaking in tongues and speaking in the spirit. Do you consider it the same thing? Because I know there's a kind of 
there's a debate whether it's the same or not. And what is your All right. Well, when you uh, first Corinthians, uh, it's the first Corinthians 12 chapter where it talks about tongues. Okay. And it said that, uh, let me turn over there right quick. There's nine gifts. And one of them is speaking in tongues. And we're going to let the Bible interpret itself. So let me get over there. I'll be there in a second here. Anyway, that's First Corinthians, the twelfth chapter, and the uh, it's in the uh, what verse is it be? Well, as I tell you, it talks about the nine uh, nine gifts, and I believe it'll be the tenth verse. Let me look in a second here. Yeah, it's First Corinthians, twelfth chapter, and the tenth verse. It says. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, dire kinds of tongues. And if you notice, it has an S on there. To other, the interpretation of tongues. Now, what's the difference between speaking in tongues, which the word tongue means language. That's all it means. it just means another language. So when you go to Acts, uh, when the Holy Spirit came upon the people and they started speaking in tongues, they, they said they were, everybody heard them in their own language. All right? Now, do everybody speak in tongues? No. What's the difference between tongues and uh, what was the word? You, what was the other thing you said just now? Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. All right? Now, they get prayer from the, in, in the spirit, well, from the uh, book of Jude, where it says, pray, building up yourself in your most holy faith or the Holy Spirit. But our reality, speaking in the tongue and speaking in the spirit is the exact same thing. I know I took you around the block to get the answer, but, <laughs> but let's keep on going here. Let's so that. First uh, Corinthians 13 chapter says, though I speak with tongues of men and angels. What it is, is I say it means languages. There's a, a language of men, like Korean, Japanese, uh, Chinese, and stuff. And there are, there are uh, a language of angels. Now, they're different. The, the language of an angel is a high-pitched noise. It's like you hear the babies be talking, uh, rolling their tongues, going. They're talking to angels. And there are spirit beings here. That's why I said, be not forgetful to entertain strangers. But many have entertained angels unaware. And those angels do speak in the language of angels. Also, you have demonic tongues. Or they're spirit beings that are of the kingdom of darkness. So, as I said, the word tongue is speaking in the spirit, and speaking in tongue is the exact same word. They just use another word, phrase to say it. Did I answer your question? Oh. 
Yes. All right, dear. Any other questions you want to ask? No, that uh oh. I did I did have another question. It, okay. Now I know that in deliverance uh you know there's kingdoms. And you know there's always one that is above the others. Um do all the rest of them do they fall you know like like one it'd be like the king would be number one, then there's a number two, number three, number four, number five, or do they sometimes or sometimes are they equal and would they fight among one another? Well, that is a good question. And the answer to that is that the kingdom of darkness has its uh, order of everything, just like we do. And they have their generals, and their generals would be Lucifer. He's the top. Now, a lot of times people don't realize, as I said, Lucifer is the top of everything. He's, he's the top king. He's the one that's in charge. But there are other Lucifers under him. So they could be Lucifer Jezebel. It can be a Lucifer Ahab. But that means they have power. But are they equal with each other under under Lucifer? Now I'm trying to say Lucifer is the top. That's where they're fearful. But each other, they don't like each other. So they try every once in a while to take over if it's to their benefit. Try to take over another one's kingdom. And okay. it's just like what we have here. Everything in the spiritual realm first started that's happening here in the natural realm started in the spiritual realm. So when you see war going on or rumors of war, it's the same thing in the spirit realm. But the top of the the heat is Lucifer. Then comes Satan. Then comes devils. Then comes demons. Now, people say, was that all they are? No. They have their split off from there. They have princes. They have goddesses. They have uh, dukes, duchesses. So many different breakouts. There's no way you can know them all. But the easiest way is always remember there's always going to be somebody in charge, but could be I'd look for Lucifer first, and then under Lucifer I'd look under Satan. Satan's are the adversary. That's what it means, adversary. So it could be a uh, uh, Lilith spirit. They can be uh, 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 a Morpheus spirit. All kinds of different names, but they're fighting among themselves. But they're all scared of Lucifer. Did I answer your question? Yes. All right. Anything else? Because this is what helps me, you know, makes makes me grow when I got to stretch to see what's the Lord telling me. No, that is it. Okay. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, hope to see you Friday or Sunday at church. No problem. Talk to you later. All right. Have a blessed day. All right. Dorothy? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, no, I any? had forgotten, you know, because you to... I just, yeah. I don't, I hadn't remembered how quickly, or maybe it's just the way John wrote it up, 
um, that they recognized him as Messiah. I think that's important yep. because um, that that's a key thing to be able to recognize him. Mm-hmm. If you notice one of the things that you know what it, you know when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, "Who do people? Who do men think I am?" And they started hollering out, uh, "Elijah." Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets and stuff. Then he said, who do you think I am? And Peter answered out, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood didn't recognize, uh, give it to you, but it came with my father. But if you notice in John, there were a bunch of them that already knew who he was because they recognized him as he was the son of God. And so not everybody picked that up. You did. You picked it up. But most people don't pick that up, that they knew, that some of the disciples knew that he was the son of God, because even John the Baptist claimed him as the Lamb of God, the son of God. All right. And that's one so of the things So they must have been have truly very, very devastated at the crucifixion. Because that yeah. wouldn't have made sense to them. That's why they until were after. so depressed. That's yeah. why they were so depressed. Because they, they, if he's the son of God, he couldn't die. He's not supposed to die. But they did not know the whole scriptures. See, when they said that, uh, we was reading earlier, where it says that he was the son of Joseph. Well, there was supposed to be two... Uh, Messiahs, but actually there's only one. They're supposed to be the son of David and the son of Joseph. And they were thinking that uh, that he was, was supposed to be either two Messiahs or he was supposed to be in charge of everything. But the thing is that most people did not realize that he was the Messiah. He also was the the king uh, as I said, uh, the, the son of David, which meant him the king, too. So here's the thing. As we uh, study the word of God, the more we'll understand what's going on, how the power of the word works through us, and realize that we have a mission or an anointing, one who tries to love people, but another one who's in the warfare with the spirit of darkness. All right. Any other questions? Or any comments? No, that's it for me. And no one's hand is up, so. All right. Uh, anybody got any questions? It's time to uh, push number one on your telephone. And then let's let her know that there's somebody there has a question or a comment. Because we just finished the first chapter of John just now. And now we're getting ready to talk about miracles. That's why this is called signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm teaching you how to, uh, with the word of God, on how to walk in those things. When we first started the Bible study, we started with the book of Acts, and all through the book of Acts, all all chapters talked about signs, wonders, and miracles. If the Holy Spirit is operating in you, if the Holy Spirit is operating in your church, you should see signs, wonders and miracles people are going around or oh, did he not preach a good sermon 
Boy, man, did your heart just leap because of what he said? But where's the signs, wonders, and miracles? Our God is not dead. He's yet alive. He's still in the miracle-working business. And to, to prove it is what we're getting ready to do right now as we continue in John. And so if there's anybody out there right now, as I say, raise, push number one on your phone, and it should let us let you in. All right. Well, let's start with chapter two and the first verse. And the third, now listen to this. And the third day there was a marriage of Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Did you notice it? The third day, God deals in numbers. He raised, he rose his son from the dead in three days, three days and three nights. All these things are going to uh, refer to the Hebrew alphabet. The third is the third letter of the Hebrew alphabet is called Gimel. Gimel means to give. God gives us things constantly. So when you see the word three, that means God is giving us something. He gave us his son to be raised on the third day. Uh, the uh, prophet was in the well three days, and he gave him to be a prophet, to, uh, to uh, prophesy to Nineveh. He gave. God is always giving. He also has a best, means he's always staying somewhere. There is no place that God ain't there. He's closer to you than the breath in your mouth, but you got to believe it. And then you got to operate in it. Then it says, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have that to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. Now what he was saying, if you notice, there was no miracles when we just got the reading a few minutes ago. None whatsoever. So he was waiting on his season, his time. Everybody has a season and a time. And don't sit there, well, I don't think it's my season because you're, you're pushing it backwards. You say, I'm going to act like it started now and keep starting and see if it is or not. So here's Jesus' mother telling him, hey, they have no wine. And he told him, it's not my hour yet. It's not my time. Then it says, his mother said unto the servants, whatever, whatsoever he said unto you, do it. And there came, and they were set of six water pods of stones after the manner of purification of the Jews, containing two or three furlongs apart. And Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they buried it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not where it came from, but the servants which drew the water knew the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. In other words, the bridegroom's responsibility is to get somebody to get the wine and everything else. And so he's calling him there, right? And he, he just he didn't know that he was drinking water or it was supposed to be water. 
but here it is, wine. And he said to, he said unto him, every man at the beginning does set forth good wine, and when they are well drunk, you notice that word D R U N K, drunk. So that means they wasn't drinking grape juice. You know, a lot of people talking about, well, uh, uh, Jesus turned their water into grape juice. No, he didn't. He turned it into wine. It was yar. That's the Hebrew word. Then was everybody supposed to be able to drink? No. There are some people called Nazarenes. They can't even eat grapes. Sometimes God puts you on a fast. Some God, sometimes God or the Holy Spirit tells you to leave something alone. It's for you. Now, it's normally not for a whole group, but it's usually for you. And if you'll do what you're supposed to do, then God will do what he's supposed to do with you. All right. Let's go ahead. And then which, uh, then that which is worse, but then they keep the good wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning, this beginning of miracles, there's an S on that. Did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed on him? In other words, did you see what it said? The beginning of miracles. There was more than one miracle that happened in there. You'll have to read the rest of the scriptures to find it, though. And I don't mean in the book of John. And then it said, after this, he went down into Capernaum, he and his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they continued there not many days. And the Jewish Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the, found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and changes of money sitting. And when he had made a thorns or a whip, a small cord, he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out all the money changers' money and overthrew the tables. And he said unto them that sold doves, take, take these things hence, make them not my uh, father's house a house of merchandising. There's a lot of people that sell things in the church and say, well, it's all right. Listen, if you call it a holy ground, why bring in something that's not holy? You know, I'm not trying to downgrade you, but I'm trying to say, look, you ain't got to do it on a on a, a, a day that you, you set apart to, to worship the Lord. If you're going to sell something, sell it outside. Sell it some other time. You know, don't sell it on the day that you, that you have set aside for the Lord. I, I used to go to the Jewish temple, and I made a mistake by trying to give an offering on the Sabbath day. They will not accept it. They will not do any kind of business at all on a Sabbath day. They respect their God, and that's what we need to do, understanding to respect the God that we serve and to do those things that's pleasing in God's eyesight. And then it says 17, and disciples remember it, is, it was written, the zeal of the house has eaten me up. In other words, he was so in love with God the Father that he didn't want nothing, nothing in the way between the worship of God and him. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign, sign, there you go, what sign shows thou us, seeing thou have done these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days, uh-oh, we're back to the three days again, 
or the three. And in three days, I will rise it up. And then said the Jews, 40 and six years was the temple of building. And will thy rear it up in three days? But he spoke of the temple of his body. The body, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, only if you're born again. So don't expect the world to agree with you about living holy when they're not, they're not temples of God. They're the temples of the devil. But our job is to pray for them, not to be angry with them, to pray for them that they may find the truth and change. All right? It says, wherefore, and he raised uh, uh, 22, when therefore he was risen from the dead, the disciples remembered that he had said uh, this unto them, and they believed the scriptures and the word of, of Jesus had said. In other words, they didn't really believe the scriptures until they saw the sign. They saw Jesus raised from the dead. And there were still 70-some apostles. They walked away from Jesus when he said, you got to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And they never walked with him again. People are going to fall off on the wayside. I don't care how many people are in the church. A lot of people are going to really not really believe him. And when troubles come, they're going to fall off. And trouble is coming. It is on its way. And we are the children of the Most High God. We need to put on our whole armor every day, not some days, every day, that we'll be able to stand against the wiles of the of the of the devil or another one of the wicked ones. So in other words, don't put your guard down, put your guard up. All right. In the boxing match, I would say protect yourself at all times. All right. Now let's keep on going. It says, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name, his authority, when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus was not committing himself unto them because he knew all men. In other words, yeah, today you're my friend, tomorrow you'll stab me in the back. And need not that any should testify of him, uh, testify of, of, of a man. For he knew what was in men. He, remember when I said the light of man? In other words, understanding of man. When you understand the scriptures, it's really given us instructions. This is why the Bible is called the book of instructions. It teaches how we're supposed to deal with our fellow men, how we're supposed to deal with our brothers and sisters, and how to deal with another set of family, which is called the Christian family. See, a biological family, you have no choice. You didn't choose them. But in a Christian family, we choose God, and God chooses us. And that's why we, as the children, Start need to search this thing out and know this word for ourselves. Well, I'm giving the chance to open up the mic again. If it's anybody out there that want to ask a question or a comment, but there's a lot of things that is hidden in the Bible, and this is a chance for you to get it, so that you, as a person of God, can get the mystery. So it is written as a mystery. The first letter of the Hebrew alphabet is called Aleph, but if you spell it backwards. It means mystery. That's why he said, the first shall be last, and last shall be first. God hides things. 
and he wants to reveal it to you, but you've got to be hunger and thirst after righteousness to get it. So as I say, anybody want out there, all you do is push one. Okay. Um, let me open the mic. Area code eight one six. Your mic is open. Hey, what's going on, Pastor? Hi, right, how you doing tonight, Doug? I'm good. Hey, uh, what's the difference between a major and a minor prophet? Oh, that that is a good question. The difference between a major and a minor prophet is how much they wrote. That's all. They still have the same anointing. They have the same message, basically. They just had more to write. Let's say the book of Isaiah has 66 books in there. And because of those 66 books, they call him a major prophet. But then you have uh, others like Malachi that only has like four chapters. He is called a minor prophet, but they're both prophets. Did I answer your question? Yes, sir. You got any other questions? Uh, are demons territorial? That's another one. Somebody asked me not too long ago if uh, what's the difference between a, a principality or a territorial demon? A principality is a spirit that owns a territory, which is the same thing. Now, a territorial demon or a principal demon they have other kingdoms under their control. The other kingdoms fear these these beings because they are chose by Satan himself. And Satan is the one who gives them authorization to be in charge of certain areas. And so the rest of the demons, they fear Satan. And Satan fears Lucifer. So everything except like a military camp. Everything. So did you, did you get the understanding about that? The mm-hmm. difference between the territorial and principality, they are the same. So will they still fight amongst themselves for, for that for that right or, or what? Yes, they do fight among themselves. What they're trying to do is to prove that they're greater than the one that they're fighting so they can get that position. Uh and they get promoted, demoted too when they don't when they fail their assignment. In other words, let's say uh, uh, in the book of uh, when it talks about the the demoniac, and they was and the the demons were trying to talk about it. Let me turn to it. I think it's the uh, eighth chapter of Mark, where it talks about the demoniac and then he, about him trying to make a deal with Jesus is- and then. Mm-hmm. What is the chapter? Let me see. Let's see. Okay, uh, the eighth chapter and the uh, let's see, twenty eighth verse of Mark. Uh, Matthew, no Matthew. Matthew eight twenty eight. The eighth chapter. 
Yeah. And the 28th verse. Yeah, I'm there. Okay, and it says, when he came down from the other side of the country of the gatherings, they met him two. Most people think there's only one that was in the graveyard. There was two possessed with devils coming out of the tomb, exceedingly fierce, so that no man might pass that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, what are we to do with thee, Jesus, the Son of God? But thou come here to torment us before the time. In other words, they were thinking that, oh, they have power of everything and nobody could do anything to them. And Jesus let them know, hey, look, your time is up and that we are the children of God. We can torment them. And that's what we do as we do deliverance. We have authority in us because greater is he who lives in us than he who's in the world. And as we submit ourselves unto God and resist the devil, the devil's got to flee from us. But you got to remember, they're stubborn. They're, they ain't going to just give it up. So they got, we got to fight them. And they said, Art thou come to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from the herd, from the swine. So the, the devil besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. Now, if you read the other two, things, you'll find out they said, don't send us out of the country. Don't send us into another, don't send us to the pit. But if you'll send us to the swines, we'll go in. They made a deal with Jesus. That's because if they got sent anywhere else, they would be beat up because they're out of their territory. And their their king, who would be in charge of them, can't help them in somebody else's territory because they would be in the fight with them. And that's what goes on. It's a constant fight. They're they're fighting among themselves and they're fighting against God's people. But our job is to fight back and don't get scared. All right. Well, let me hit one more. Let's go to Mark two. Mark the eighth chapter. Mark two. Eight. Mark eight. Mark eight chapter. Uh-huh. And let me see where that would be. Uh I'm trying to get to where Or is it Mark the 5th chapter I think it's the 5th chapter on this one Yeah The 5th chapter in the first verse Okay It says And they came over to the other side of the tree of the gathering And when they came out of the ship immediately They were met out of the tomb A man with an unclean spirit See that means it's, it's it, it's the way they'll they'll say it here. Well, say they said one. Now they, they I mean they said two the first time. Now they said one. They said, well, what is this? They they contradict itself. No, one person got his deliverance. The other one didn't. That's why mm-hmm. he didn't talk more about the other person. It says, uh, who had dwelling among the tombs? No man could bind him, nor not with chains, because he had often been bound with feathers and chains. And the chains were being plucked asunder by him, and the feathers broken in in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. Uh, always, night and day, he was in the mountains or in the kingdom, and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, crying with a loud voice and said, What have to do with thee, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? I adjure you, or I command you, by God, that you torment me not. Uh, no, we're going to torment demons. 
For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Now Jesus claimed the man that thing came out, and it didn't come out. Mm-hmm. Did you notice? It didn't come out. That's what gets me a lot of people. What Jesus always said was, come out, and it came out. Not all the time. People were not there, and they don't read the scriptures enough to find out what happened. And he asked him, what is thy name? Because Jesus was tired. He didn't call this thing out, and it wasn't coming out. And then he mm-hmm. answered and said, my name is Legion. And then if you notice, there's a semicolon in there. If you'll read that, look past that semicolon, it says, for we are many. It didn't mean many demons. It meant many different kingdoms. And you only cast out one kingdom at a time. Mm-hmm. That's what most churches don't know, understand. They don't know. They don't read. But we cast out one team in a, one kingdom at a time. That's why and they be fighting among themselves. And he said, and we besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. See, just what I was talking about being sent somewhere else. So there was uh, that's that's one of the cases. Now, if you read, there's another one in there, which you'd have to read the, that all three of them to get the true understanding about that. So when we talk about territorial demons. When we talk mm-hmm. principalities, we're talking about kingdoms that are ruled by different spirits, and they have different uh, things. Like Jezebel is a queen, so she has a crown. That's why we take the crowns off of Jezebel to take so away her power. That's why we take away uh, the rings off her fingers, taking away her power rings. Most of them, they have anywhere between eight to ten rings on them. Plus, they have toe rings, and they have armor. That's why we strip these things of their weaponry so that we don't be battling back and forth, back and forth. Strip them, torment them, and then get them out. All right, did I answer your question? Yeah. What is the the difference between that and Tartarus? What's the difference between that? Why do they not want to go to Tartarus, but they'll go to the pit? Okay. The reason is the Bible talks about shallow, and it talks about, uh, which is a grave. It also talks about uh, the pit, and it's the number of pits. The deepest pit you can go to is called Tartarus, and it's only written one time in the Bible. It's in the book of Peter, but it's pronounced as hell there, but it's Tartarus. Tartarus is the lowest part that they can be spent. And according to uh, legend, because you can't find it, you have to look it up. Legend, they were the, um, they were called the uh, Tritons. Tritons, Tritons. And they're down at the bottom. They're uh, big, gigantic Nephilim that are there trapped. And so when they get when the demon loses his assignment, if he goes to the pit, he gets beat up. But if he gets goes down to Tartarus, and the reason I'm I'm telling you, because I talked to a demon that been down, they you know the others had been down there, they get down there. Those uh, uh, titans pull those demons apart and chew on them. And you got to remember, they can't die, so they're <clears throat> under torment. Constant pain of being chewed on, and that's the reason they don't want to go to Tartarus. Mm. Yeah, I always wondered why that was. Well, that's the reason. <laughs> All right. 
any more questions? No, I appreciate you making my time go faster. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. That's all I can think of right now. All right. Well, I'm glad you were listening. I hope to see you Friday and Sunday. And hopefully, if it snows, you know, there's, which I doubt it. Thank God. The Lord has really been blessing. Since I asked, I said, Lord, if you want me to stay in Kansas City during the wintertime, don't, don't let it snow on Sundays. <laughs> uh, well, you have All a blessed right. day, and I'll talk to you later. All right. Okay. Dorothy? Yeah, there's another question. Okay. Area code eight one six five five zero. Your mic is open. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. How you doing? I'm doing great. Blessed. Um, I have two questions. One kind of piggybacking with the with Doug just spoke on. Okay. I've heard of Tartarus and also Abyss. What's the difference? The abyss. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. the abyss is a is a is the word that uh, they use to admit uh, another word for the pit. That's what abyss is. You know, like the bottomless pit or the abyss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the words they use. They in there it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be Lucifer is supposed to be there. And he's held into the bottom of his pit until later on there's going to be an angel that comes down, and his name is uh, Abaddon or Apollyon, and he's going to have the key to the bottom of his pit, and he's going to open it up. So that's the abyss. But as I say, Tartarus is the lowest part, which is way down under everything, and that's where the titans are being held. Did I answer your question? I, I presume you did on that one. But I've got okay. another one. All you right. Spoke about the, you spoke about the Sabbath and not buying, trading, and selling in, in the temple. But can you clarify what day is the Sabbath? Is it okay. Saturday or is it Sunday? That is another good question. Y'all been bringing up some good questions here. The original Jewish thing was set up on, uh, on, on was during the time that Moses was here. He was called the lawgiver. And he set it up to where, where God told him that six days shall man work. And on the seventh day, he would rest. And so God named the seventh day uh, Sabbath. And that's what we call Saturday. It starts in the evening, on Friday evening, till Saturday evening. That is the Sabbath. Now, it was written with the 613 laws, which is called um, some of a ceremonial law, some traditional and stuff. But God said, because he said, six days shall you work, and on the seventh you shall rest. But he said, this is for your generation. And he was talking about the Jews. Now, with the Gentiles, that's what we are, 
We're brought into the the uh, thing of God, but we don't have all those 613 laws. We have seven laws, and if you look them up, it's all the uh, Noratic laws. We have seven laws that we have to keep, and we can have, uh, even to call them to Paul, we can have any day to be our Sabbath day. If we want to, we can have all seven days to be our Sabbath day and worship God all seven days. But that's between you and God. Because he knew what was going to happen in the end, you know, uh, how uh, technology is going to come into play, how crooks are going to be. Let's put it like this. If we had a Sabbath day and the crooks tried to rob us on a Sabbath day and we can't defend ourselves, what are we going to do? So God knows before it even happens, he wrote in the, the thing about that the Jews will worship on a Sabbath day and that the Gentiles, when we're brought in, because we it was always in God's mind from the beginning to the end, that when we were brought in, then we would be brought in to love God and show him a different way of worshiping how many every days you want or how many days you don't want, but it's between you and God. Did I answer your question? I believe so. For my next question, and I'm going to stop with this one because I know you've got to get some other callers. Go ahead. Talk a little louder, though. Okay, so can you spend, buy, and trade on the Sabbath? Okay. As I said, the Sabbath was, like Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And you notice when uh, this person was sick, they got mad at Jesus, not for healing the man, but healing him on a Sabbath day. Right. And Jesus let them know, listen, Sabbath was not made uh, uh Man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. And so uh, if you want to, uh, let's say, Monday, say, I don't want to, uh, well, let me give you a law that used to be, the blue law. I don't know if you know anything about the blue law here in Missouri. But you cannot buy. Huh? I I may know about it, but didn't know what it was called. Uh Uh-huh. The blue law is that you couldn't buy or sell, especially alcohol, on Sundays. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. That was that's that. because it was for the Gentiles. But yet, still, the Jews could go out and buy on a Sunday. Hmm. That's Interesting. Mm-hmm. The more you study these things, the more you'll find out. Okay, let's not get too involved in things that we don't have to do, like the 613 laws, but let's learn what is the seven laws that we need to keep. And in the in our Bible, in the book of Acts, I think it's about the 15th chapter, it tells you about the four things or what is required of us to love God. That means no idols, no nothing else. Love God. Second thing is uh, don't eat anything that's uh, strangled of itself. In other words, he's guys trying to keep you from getting sick. That are like eating roadkill and stuff like that. Um, okay, see, there's two more 
things, but you'll find it in Acts 15, if you look them up, there's four things they said. Now, anything else they need to learn, let them learn it at the synagogue where Moses is taught. But eventually, the Gentile and the Jews got separated to where the Jews are back on their 613, which they can't keep it all because they are not allowed to uh, do any blood sacrifices now. And the Gentiles uh, been reading what Paul says because that's what God sent Paul to witness to the Gentiles. And that's what we are. Gentiles who, who had no covenant that was brought in through the covenant of Jesus Christ. That's why the Jews don't like Jesus. But they say, oh no, it's supposed to be just for Jewish. No, it's for both of us. We're one new man. So, uh, as I said, the blue law, which is they uh, they can't sell any whiskey or anything else on the on the Sunday, but then they repealed it, so now you can do it. So, as I said, okay. according to what you want, go back and uh, I have to look it up to tell you exactly where it is. I think it's in Galatians. I think we talked about it last last time about that you know whatever you and God has set aside. In other words. I worship God two to three times a week. I'll shed out everything else because I want to know more about the Lord. I want to know what does he require of me. The love to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with my God or with the word, learning the word. And it makes me feel a lot better. All right. Any other questions? No, I, I appreciate those being answered. All right, you have a blessed time, Stephanie, and I hope to talk to you soon. Same here. Same okay. Here. Hello, Dorothy. I'm here. I'm here. Right. We had blue lords up here, too, and they repealed them. Um, but it's funny you mentioned roadkill because I think it was California just made it legal to eat roadkill. Oh, really? I know, yeah. right? Uh huh. This is good old California. <laughs> oh, I hear you. I'm glad I'm here in Missouri. Uh, as I used to go to a, I still do every once in a while. I, I go to an Orthodox uh, Jewish synagogue, and uh, you know, you know, they don't eat pork. And as I right. was talking to, I was talking to uh, one of the uh, the petitioners, and he said, "I can't wait till Monday." I said, "Why?" He said, "Cause I want to give me some ribs." <laughs> oh boy. He said, "Don't <laughs> don't let them fool you." Yeah, we eat pork, we eat barbecue ribs just like everybody else. I said, "Okay." Uh, anybody else out there got any questions or comments? Push one on your phone. All right. Well, this we're doing good on the Book of John here. We're getting ready to get down to my favorite part of John, John three. John 3, and the first verse. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. 
the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, and the word rabbi, as the Bible always in teaches, uh, in, in, uh, explains itself, which means master or master teacher. We know thou art a teacher come from God, but no man can do these miracles. I like the word S on there. Miracles that thou dost, except God be with him. In other words, no miracles happen without God's spirit being in there. God's spirit, first of all, you can be anointed. You hear me? While well, these people running around claiming to be prophets, prophetess, and all this, uh, apostles, prophets, all these other things. Listen, don't claim to be something that you're not because you're going to go into a worse warfare than you would have normally had to go. Stay humble. Stay at the bottom of the rung and fight the little ones that you have to fight and don't try for the big ones because most of the time you'll never make it because you don't realize what is what is the word says, what is the the anointing you have, what is the power you have. Just because you, you say you have power, it won't mean nothing until, when you tell you get to fighting one of those demons. Then we'll see what power you have. We'll see if you're a prophet or the man or woman of God. I had a lady that I used to be with. She was in a church, and she told this lady, and I knew the lady that she was talking to, real mean, tough lady. And she said, if I be a woman of God, she said, honey, when I touch you, you're going to feel this. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, you you ain't the real thing. You're about to feel it, too, because she's going to knock you flat. She reached up and touched that lady at the top of her head, and the power of God hit that woman all on the floor. She went. That's because, as she said, if I be the woman of God, you're going to feel it. She was the woman of God. See, if God is operating with you, you walk away. You walk in power and authority. But if he ain't walking with you, you can claim all you want, uh, that God is my shepherd and I shall not want. And you don't even know nothing about God because you won't study his word. You act like he's a genie. God gives me this. God gives me that. I had a lady tell me, I'm God's diva. Well, first of all, you don't even know what a diva is. It's a demon. So why would you be God's demon? All right. Yes, Lord. Let me keep going here. All right. The third verse, it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What is kingdom of God? See, a lot of times we read over things. The kingdom of God, kingdom means where the rules are. The king is in the kingdom. He makes rules. And then it says of God. If you notice, it doesn't say capital G-O-D. It's small g I mean, uh, capital G, but a small O and D, which is a word to refer to the word. So the the way this should read is that he cannot see the kingdom or the rules of the word unless you're born again. You've got to have the spirit to be able to read this. You've got to have the spirit to comprehend this. You've got to have the spirit of God operating in you that you will have knowledge. A lot of people claim things, but they have no knowledge. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Knowledge without without knowledge, you will perish out here. You can't handle the demons as the way we would in the natural. For our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 
but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. We got to fight. All right. Then it says, Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the rules of the word. That which is born of flesh is flesh, carnal-minded. That which is born of spirit, understanding, is understanding, wisdom, knowledge. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind blows. Now, here's another thing that a lot of people never pay attention to. It says, the wind blows where it lifts, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it comes and whether it goes. So is everyone. Now, listen to this. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. In other words, people, honey, I can I can discern everything. I can discern who's born of the Spirit. No, you can't. The Bible says very clearly, nobody knows who got the Spirit. It blows where it wants. It goes which way it wants to go. So you can't go around saying, oh, this person is lost. They'll never be saved. You don't know. Five minutes after you said, they might got saved. Ten days later, they might have got filled with the Holy Spirit. So you don't know. So let's not speak negative against people. Let's think, Lord, this person needs saving, and I'm praying for them. Instead of being proud and telling, yeah, I've been saved for 20 years. Now you've been in the way for 20 years. Probably ain't got no power anyway. But there's one way to find out. Better see you around a demon-possessed person. And if you can and see if God's operating through your ministry or not. I had a, a lady that was at a, a, a hospital where I was working at. She had a, what is that, where the tongue gets up, rolls up into your mouth and everything. Um, oh, I can't think of what they call it. But anyway, they were trying to get a spoon and put it in her mouth and everything. And I said, let me pray over it first. And as I prayed over it, God instantly healed that woman. And she never had another episode that again. I was working at the hospital. That's how I know. All right, let's keep on going here. It says, uh, the ninth verse, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, art thou a master or a rabbi of Israel, one who wrestles with the word of God and not knoweth these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak those things we do know and testify to those we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man can uh, ascend up to heaven. You know, there's that word ascend, going up first to heaven, but he that came down from heaven even the son of man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. You thought about the cross, that whoever shall believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. If you believe the gospel, if you believe the prophecy, if you believe the word of God, this is how you will not perish, but have eternal life. But you got to believe, you got to trust. You got to walk in this this anointing. You got to walk in the word of God. You got to believe that the Holy Spirit is 
really uh, teaching you and leading you and guiding you, and that way you'll have the whole truth by learning that you're not going to die, but you're going to live. Then, and now the next verse is my favorite one because it represents my birthday, 316. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. No, I am not Jesus. Just like Paul, like John said, no, I'm not him. But I know him, and I love him. And he owes, He does things for me because I believe what his word says. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. This is you're saved because of one thing, the sin. And what is the sin? The rebellion against God's word. Rebellion. Okay? But he that believes but he that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already, because he did not believe in the name or the authority of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light every uh, comes into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, and because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates light or understanding. Neither comes to light, lest his deeds should be examined or reproved. But he that does truth comes to the light or comes to the understanding that his deeds may be made manifested and that they were wrought or done in God or in the word. That's why I keep going back to say the three things we got to do, love justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God, which is the word. All right. Is there anybody out there that want to ask a question now? So open up the mic here before we run out of time. So all you have to do is push one on your mic, and it lets you in automatically. And uh, Dorothy will let you know that we picked it up. Well, Dorothy, do you have any comments? I just have one comment about Sabbath. You know, the word Sabbath means rest. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it said, and, and I follow this one too, if you're not resting in God every day, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. That's why, this, you know, the Bible teaches us, I think it's in the Isaiah the... Oh, uh, let's see, what is that? It talks about precept on precept. I think it's the 28th chapter where it says, after that it says, so that you can enter into God's rest. And that's what we're supposed to enter into, God's rest. Because if we don't rest, we'll burn up. Trying to do this, trying to do that. And a lot of people are dying of unforgiveness and that brings cancer. And the other thing is uh, worry. Worry destroys the body. Yeah. Yeah, anything else that you can think of, Dorothy? Not, not right now. That's all I got for now. Um, 
Right. I don't see anybody right. putting their hand up. Come on, you guys. Yep. So that makes the tangles a lot quicker. And let me see here. Let me see here. I'm just looking at my little phone here. <clears throat> well, I guess we'll go ahead and finish up on the third chapter here. As I said, there should be a lot of people asking questions. Now, why does it always say ascend up to heaven? As I said, it's because we're on earth. Our prayers got to go up, and that's where the angels went up. And once they got the answers, then they come back down. And they keep doing it constantly, up and down, up and down. And that's what we should be, that ladder. That should be us. We should be the ladder that God is using for the Holy Spirit to use the angels to come up and down out of us. That's why the Bible says that uh, he gives his angels charge over us to keep us in all thy ways. And that we acknowledge him. Acknowledge him that we can have peace with God and that the Lord will bless us going in, bless us going out, and be the head and not the tail. If anybody else out there on the radio broadcast would like to punch in, punch in one right now. All right, then we'll go ahead and finish this thing. The uh, let me see where I was at. The twenty-second verse, uh, uh, and it starts as this way: "It says after these things came Jesus and and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized. And John was also baptizing in Ara near Salem, because there was much water there, and they came." And we're baptized. Now, if you notice, they said there was much water there to baptize. So there are people out here that says all you have to do is be sprinkled. That's the way they do it. And sometimes in the uh, uh, different churches, like the Church of Unity. But the Bible says much water. That means be submerged under. They'll go around and sprinkle you and tell you you've been saved. That is not the way the Bible says. All right. Then it says. And uh, for the 24th, and for John was not yet cast into prison. And there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bear witness, behold, the same baptized, and all men come to him. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. You therefore bear me witness that said, I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. He that has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which stands and hears him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, therefore it is fulfilled. You know, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. When we make God happy, he makes us happy. When we do those things that are unselfish for helping others and, and do things for God, it makes a, a God very happy. And when he's happy, he makes us real happy. It says he must increase. This is John talking, the baptism, not the revelator. He must increase, but I must decrease. In other words, you want to be strong in the Lord, 
you become humble. The humble you are in God, the greater you are. He that comes from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speak of earth and speaking of the earth. And he that comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, he testifies. No man receives his testimony. In other words, a lot of times if you talk about heavenly things, most people don't want to listen. And thus they're spiritual and have an understanding. They said those are spiritual understands all things and him himself are judged by no man. But those that are carnal minded, they ain't always going to try to figure an answer, carnal minded answer. All right. 33, it says, when he had received his testimony and had set to, oh, he that has received his testimony was set to his seal that God is true. God is true. God is true. You want to know the truth? God is true. His word is true. Don't believe people uh, that try to make up things, trying to cover God. God already got everything written out. You just have to search it out. And when he, and, and for he whom God has sent spoke the words of God, for God gives not the spirit by measure unto him. The father loves the son, has given all things unto his hand. He, he that believes, he that believes, he that believes, that means it's more than just thinking. That means deep thinking and really believing on the son has everlasting life. He that believes not on the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. What does it mean by the wrath of God abides on him for not believe, uh, believing the son? That means not believing what the word says. You want, to, you want peace in your life? Study Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics. Read the testament of the old prophets, major and minor. And see what did they say about God. And then study this word that where every day that you put something in you. Like, uh, to give an example, every morning I get up and put on the whole armor of God, which is Ephesians 6 and 12. That's something that you should practice. Putting on the set, I, I have the loins girded about with truth, have the breastplate of righteousness, have my feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace, having the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. And think about what you're saying, not just say something. Then you reach for the helmet of salvation, knowing that I'm saved because Jesus uh, redeemed me from the law of sin and death. And what was the sin? Rebellion. He redeemed me from rebellion against God. He, he made peace between me and God. He's not mad at me. And I'm glad he's not mad at me. And he's not mad at you if you made peace through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that it was the blood, the blood of Jesus that redeemed us. What does the blood mean? The blood means the, the life of Christ. He lived a sinless life. He did not violate God's law. And so when he was killed, he was killed wrongly. That's why the Bible tells us if they had known that he was the king of glory, they never would have killed him. But now they thought he was a liar, that he was a pretender and all that to the throne of God. Did not realize that he really was the king of glory. And because of that, we he went and paid our price, redeemed us from the law of rebellion, 
and now we have right standing with God because of of that he sacrificed himself that we may be saved. All right. <clears throat> I tell you, the Lord has really been blessing. I'm, I learn something every time I go through the scriptures, and I hope everybody else learns something. And uh, we got another, probably about another 15 minutes. Well, this is the time when people can call in and ask questions. If you got another question that you didn't ask, you can call in now. Because we just finished the first three chapters of uh, St. John. And it, it teaches us, first of all, that everything is operated by the word. That's why it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Everything is created by the word. And the first thing that happens out of the word was signs, wonders, and miracles. And that uh, a lot of times we have our own way of believing things, but I always say that the Bible interprets itself. Because if you take your time to study, you'll find every answer that you need hidden in the book of uh, hidden in the book of the Bible. But it's not for lazy people. It's for somebody who's hungering and thirsting, who really wants to be purified, who really wants to know what does the Word of God say and what do I need to do to be right with the Word. So today you learn what is sin, rebellion, rebellion against God's Word. And because, because of that, you can be saved if you repent. The only sin that God does not forgive is a, a sin that you don't forgive somebody, so God cannot forgive you. And the other one is blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. What is blasphemy of the Holy Ghost? When you see a miracle done and you're saved, now you hear that part? And you are saved. You have to be first saved. And you see a miracle. And you know it was God that did it. And you say the devil did it. Because you're jealous. Or you don't want nobody. You, you, you want everybody to look at you. And not at the person that, that God just used. So you said the devil did it. And because of that. There's no forgiveness in this world. Or in the world to come. You're on your way hell and there's no nothing else but first of all you got to remember you had to be saved first before you can commit that sin the other one you can uh forgive the person that you've been held in something against and god will forgive you so that's why we operate in forgiveness and reconciliation now reconciliation doesn't mean oh i forgive the person now i got to hang out with them no it just means you forgive them and that you hold no ill will against them. But you ain't got to you ain't got to hang out with them. Especially if they're taking advantage of you three or four different times. What you can do is just be cordial and be nice. So this is why we have a different lifestyle than the world does. The world says it's all about me, 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 me. And God says it's all about him, 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 him which is the word, 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 word. So if I work the word, the word will work for me. I work for the word, and the word will work for me. Amen, amen. All right. Well, I'm still waiting on anybody who wants to call in. Time to put your hands up. Uh, biblical, any biblical questions you want to ask? We don't have to be in the book of John, as you notice. 
We can go to anything you want to talk about. But there's a lot of questions that a lot of people are not asking and just walking over and don't realize ignorance will get you killed. That's why you have to have knowledge. So the devil comes after you, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. I have a question that that that's probably it. It'll sound silly to you. No, it won't. Um, (laughs) um, being a Christian, claiming to be a Christian, can you? I'm trying to think of how to word this now. Can you be a Christian without being baptized in water and or not being baptized in the spirit? Is that to me, there's a difference between a believer and a Christian. Okay. Well, so I just want to bounce that off you. Okay. First of all, the Bible tells us that we, Need to be baptized in water. That's why we just got to reading about John and uh, talks about being baptized in much water. And if you look at Philip, when he was talking to the eunuch, the eunuch was passing the water. He said, "Why can't we? Why can't you baptize me out here?" He said, "Because there's much water." So they got out and they he got baptized. Okay, it is a, 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 a what we call a a rule to be baptized in water. Does being baptized in water save you? No, but it's a part of the obedience because the thief on the cross did not have time to be baptized. But yet and still, Jesus said, today, today you will be in paradise with me. Being a Christian means that you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your uh a pituration. In other words, he took your place because of the rebellion. All right? Now, because I received that, I need to be baptized in water next. And, and then the next thing I need is baptism in the Holy Spirit. Just because you accept Jesus doesn't mean you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can receive the Spirit, but you don't receive the power until after the Holy Ghost come up on you. And once you get the Holy Ghost, you'll know it. There ain't no way anybody can tell you anything different. You may cry, you may boo-hoo, you may shout, you may dance. It's a difference. You'll feel it, but you won't always feel it. Now, what's the difference between uh, a believer and a Christian? A Christian means one who acts like Jesus or acts like Christ, Christ-like. What is a believer? One who understands what you what you believe. In other words, what do you trust? I trust the word is true, and I walk in it, and the two will become one. So a true believer is one who accepts the word and then operates in it, not just hear it, but operates in what the word says. All right. Did I answer your question? Yep, pretty much. I'm just um, 
been having discussions with the adopted mother of my grandson because he believes uh-huh. he is a Christian, but he has not been baptized and obviously he hasn't received his spirit. So, well, the thing is, because uh, nobody knows where, who gets the spirit. Remember, I just got to reading about that, but nobody knows where the wind right. blows and stuff like that. So, a person can have the Holy Spirit, and other people may not know it. But the thing is, he needs to be baptized. If he has never been baptized, he needs to be baptized and not sprinkled. Because they do sprinkle people and say, oh, you've been saved. One lady that I know of, she got sprinkled. And she said the Holy Spirit told her after she got through being sprinkled that she needed to rewrite the book of Genesis, that it was written wrong. That ain't God. <laughs> that is not God. No. So I was saying that she needs she needs she needs a dip this time instead of a sprinkle. She needs to be dipped under the water. <laughs> but yep, the more we understand, the more we will become accountable to the things that God is trying to teach us. So that's why you know we need to study. We really do, really do, and we need to take. Everything and put it together. Isaiah, the 28th chapter and the ninth verse says, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. And it, once it, you put it together and it fits like a glove, then you know you got it right. But if it's some something wrong, then you need to go back and restudy again and see what did you leave out or what did you add too much to. But the whole Bible is one big love book that says, listen, I'm not mad at you. Don't don't rebel again. Do what's right. Yes, Lord, I'll do what's right. Oh. See, right. I, I just can't see anyone being able to um, let me see if I can say this without sounding nasty. Uh, I don't see where without the spirit a believer could uh, change the way Father wants us to change to to align with his word. I just don't think it's possible without this Holy Spirit. Because I know most of the stuff that has happened in my life as I walk, I've been walking a lot of years now, I'm old. Um, <laughs> it's, been, it's been Father, do uh, you know, Jesus does the heavy lifting. Yeah. I mean, I just notice things all the time as I go on that that I don't like all of a sudden it just offends me. Mm-hmm. Things that did, I didn't notice offended me before. Yeah. And that's the, the spirit you know the doing that to me, renewing me. Uh, yeah. That's how you know the Holy Spirit is working because it's changing you. That's why I said we go from faith to faith to glory to glory. Now, somebody, we look at a baby Christian that comes in and they ain't changing and stuff. And we'll think, oh, they ain't saved. They ain't this. But they have not developed. It's just like a baby that's, you know, not getting the milk that it's supposed to get so it can be fed. But as a person, because we look for, we're fruit inspectors. In other words, we look to see if a person's uh, bearing fruit or not. One, does he show love? You know, the devil can fake love. You know, in other words, yeah, I'll do something for you as long as you're doing something for me. That's not 
That's not God. Uh, long suffering. Uh, all of a sudden, you say something to them, boy, and they done went off the handle off to you, and you, you say, what they're mad about? And you'll ask them, what are you mad about? Uh, you said such and such, and you hadn't even said that, but that's what they heard. So that's not long suffering. So that's why we look for the fruit of a person, if there's gentleness to them. Because, I mean, you can fake it, but after a while, you, the truth is going to come out. I know this one of the old mothers of the church, she died, and she had no kids or anything, so the church went over to help, um, you know, help clean up the house and everything. And what did they find under her bed? Porno books. And this is the mother of the church. Well, that just means that God needed to do some more work on her, but she's gone now. See, because if you if you being changed, just like you said, the things that you used to accept, it bothers you now. Things that you used to would say, you wouldn't say them now, because we are being changed. The Holy Spirit changes us from within, and that way people can see without once we've been changed. Let me see here. All right. As I say, all you people that's out there, I want y'all to be praying for me. Um, the Lord is healing my hip already. I'm, I'm down to 50% pain. And so without any medicine, without any uh, surgery or anything else, I'm looking to be able to walk by January of this of next year. So people be praying for me, and I'll be praying for y'all. Well, Dorothy, do you have anything else in? If not, we'll go ahead and pray for dismissal. No, the only the only other thing I had caught another good phrase this past week um, is the difference between faith and belief is that faith you can have faith that there's a gym down the street, but if you have belief, you go to the gym. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. That sounds good. <laughs> makes me want to say, okay, now it's time for me to go down to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will be as soon as I'm able to walk. I'm going to be down that gym, and, and I ain't going to make no promises where I say, I'll be there every day. Now, nah, I ain't going to say that, but I will be down there a whole lot more than what I'm doing now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Heavenly Father, as we come before the throne room of grace and mercy and peace and love and the Holy Spirit, thanking you for this day that you have made, that we will rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you for going ahead of us, behind us, beside us, inside of your manifestation of your son, and that your word is true, and that as we walk in, walk in your word, that the Holy Spirit walks in us, and that we're able to help some man, some woman, some boy or girl to meet the Lord Jesus Christ before he comes back for judgment. We thank you that the gates are open now, that we can enter into the courts with praise and, and, and enter into God's presence, knowing that he loves us, that he redeemed us, that he paid for us, and he paid a terrible price. He had to give up his son, his son, that he had been proven, raised from the dead, sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes for us because we know we need some work. We know that we're leaky buckets, but God, as you're filling us up with the Holy Spirit and patching us up and sending us on the way 
that we are able to be a witness and a testimony that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Father, we come to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, and we both say amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Looking forward to talking to you in two weeks. Uh, We'll start with John, the fourth chapter. We'll see where the Lord leads us from there. That sounds good. That sounds very good. So you have a blessed night. And God bless everyone. You have a blessed couple of weeks till we see you next time. And good night. Good night, Pastor John. (laughs) Good night. Pastor James, sorry. Yes, I know. (laughs) 